podcasting from Ocala, Florida, the horse capital of the world, this is Parables, Life Lessons from a Horse. And I am your host, Kat Chrysostom, founder and owner of Benefab, author of Broken to Branded, and most importantly, an animal advocate and a positive leader. This is a podcast showing how love, connection, and trust translate into leadership and how horses have led me into becoming a better leader for myself and in my business. I'm so glad you've joined us. Now, let's learn something new and have a little fun, shall we? Hello and welcome to another episode of Parables Life Lessons from a Horse. And today, um, this is going to be a little bit of a unique show, a little different spin on what we normally talk about on here, but certainly still in line with lessons um, from animals and what they can teach us. But I want to tell you guys um, a little story before I bring on a guest that I am so excited to share with you guys. She has um, just really transformed um, and just brought my outlook on um, so many things back to a simplistic, natural nature. And I know that her wisdom um, might make some of you guys a little bit uncomfortable, um, but it's it's not only a message that um, some of us might want to hear, but it's it's a message that we all, I believe, need to hear. And for that reason, I am just really thankful and grateful that she's willing to join it, join us. Um, so with that, uh, I will be introducing her in a couple of minutes, but I just want to tell you this story um, and kind of what, what got my mind moving in this direction and, and wanting to share this message with you guys. But a few years back, I was uh, speaking at a trade show, and I was speaking about purpose and um, you know creating a life uh, with purpose and finding your meaning and finding your authentic self. And when I um, got off of stage, there were you know some people waiting to to speak with me. And at the end of the line was this man who. Um, ended up chatting with me and he had, he and his wife had a village in Uganda, um, in Africa. And they just really, he felt like that village, it was based on self-sustainability and it was, um, uh, Christian based and it was based on self-sustainability of, um, the Ugandans being able to really find purpose and be able to um, create a life that was sustainable for themselves to be able to better their lives. And so that's what their mission in life was to, you know, bring that to Uganda. And he said, um, your message needs to be heard there. And it was just this amazing, unique opportunity. So fast forward, um, it was probably nine or 10 months later, I was on a plane <laughs> going to Uganda where I spoke in women's prisons, um, in their village, in churches. I mean, it was just an incredible experience. I met some of the strongest people 
um, some of the the sweetest children um, that you can dream of and saw uh, coffee plants and amazing wildlife. And one of the things that I did while I was there um, was went on this incredible uh, safari. And I it was really cool because we had kind of the inside track um, and this husband and wife team who had the village, um, they knew the Ugandan wildlife rangers um, personally because they had taken many people there. And so they really treated us very well. And we went out and what was the cool part about being with the um, Ua rangers, the Ugandan Wildlife Association, um, so the Ua rangers can can take you off track. So like a lot of the safaris, you know, you go through the roads and you see what you see. Well, for them, they could actually take you off the roads into the bush, um, into the bushes. And we were able to see um, just the most magnificent um, animals. And on the second day, we were um, in this wide open field and this um, whole pack of elephants started to cross um, in front of us. And I mean, it looked like if you guys, you know, maybe you've been to a zoo, which is not the natural environment, but um, it's certainly better than, you know, not seeing um, elephants in person. But if you've ever seen them in their natural environment or even watched videos um, on YouTube, it's just the most magnificent thing because the creatures, they're so huge, yet they have the lightest step that you can ever imagine. Um, so they were just floating across. I mean, there must have been a hundred of them. It was it was just un- an unbelievable sight, and everybody was so quiet. And about maybe a hundred feet in front of us, these two huge elephants stopped, and um, the male was behind the female and mounted her and started mating. And everybody was quiet. I mean, we were just watching. It was. It, it was honestly, it was magical. I mean, it, it sent goosebumps down my spine, um, because it was so beautiful and all the babies and everybody, they just stopped in the middle of the pack and the pack just gracefully was walking around them. And the Ua Ranger whispered and said, this is so special. We never get to see this. And, you know, I often think back to that and just how beautiful it was and how natural it was. You know, that was instinctual. And, you know, we put so many thoughts and feelings and restrictions and limitations around our sexuality. And I think that animals do have something um, to teach us when it when it comes to to that. And, you know, and, and what um, it's not even the act necessarily, but what that uh, inner joy and confidence can bring us when we just accept ourselves as we are. Um, so that's that's really what I want to talk about today and why I'm bringing on our guest. So I would like to go ahead and introduce her to you now. If you live your life based on what other people will think or say, you make really boring decisions. It was this mantra that inspired Sean Lee's mission to unshame sex. Creator and host of the wildly popular, award-winning Two Wild Orchids podcast, where nothing is off limits, Sean Lee wants you to know that you can and should cut the ties that keep you small. As an award-winning CEO, Sean Lee knows all about zigging while everyone else is zagging. 
a self-proclaimed girly girl scaled her startup construction company to more than $10 million, a feature in Forbes and a coveted spot on the Inc. 500. Today, she's a behaviorist and TEDx speaker who writes, coaches, and consults globally. I'm so excited to have you on. Welcome, Sean Lee. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Ah, I can't wait to get started. So at the beginning of this intro, I love what you said. If you live your life based on what people will think or say, you make really boring decisions. So obviously you have done a lot with your life and construction company and now, you know, this, this mission to unshame sex. So were you always living, um, you know, making these, these choices based on what other people think or not, or how did you kind of come to that where you were really living, um, with your authenticity? So it's a great question. Um, I, I, I wasn't always, and I think that's probably true of everybody at some point, you know, you grow up and you, you do what you think you should, mm. you do what your parents think you should do. You do what everybody in the world thinks you should do. You make a lot of money, you build a large company, you get married, you have a couple kids. Mm-hmm. And at some point, um, when you have everything on the outside, you know, everyone thinks your life is great. You have a great house, great company, great money, you know, great husband, great children, great schools. But when you are on the inside looking out and you feel like you have nothing, mm-hmm. that's when you really know that that you're, you've made decisions and built something that you didn't want. Mm-hmm. And so I had built a company I didn't want. I had built a life I wasn't happy in. Mm-hmm. And I it, it came to, it was really self-preservation. And um, it was about saving my relationship. It was about scaling my company. And then once I'd done that, I looked around and thought, is this all there is? Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I literally said to to my husband, I said, okay, look, here's the deal. I'm moving to Florida. You're welcome to come with me, but I'm going. And I closed our company and walked away. Wow. And it was, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. It was also the most rewarding thing I've ever done because mm-hmm. I get to live my life today in a way that makes sense to me. Mm. That is great. It's a great story. So did your husband come with you or? He did. He did. Okay. 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 He ended up coming again. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well. moving to Florida. So. Yeah. <laughs> and where were you before? We were in Oklahoma of all places. Wow. So wow. Was, yeah. As, and today I do a sex podcast and <gasps> Oklahoma is a very conservative state. I just never felt like I could blossom there. That was one mm. of the reasons I would move. I would come to Florida for visits and it was like my spirit just expanded and I was like, oh. Wow. Supposed to be. It was like a great. Yeah. It was like the universe was telling you that was the right place to be. So, so speaking of your sex podcast, I mean, obviously you have this mission to unshame sex and you're a behaviorist and, um, you know, tell me, tell me really what, what does that mean to you? Um, and, and why has that become your mission to unshame sex? So you do a, you do a podcast, which by the way, I think is fabulous. Um, and you talk about animals and the impact Mm. that animals have on our lives. Mm-hmm. But if you think about animals on a really basic level, they're not embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Two dogs are going to mate in the middle of the street and nobody's, they don't care. Like you can be unhappy. They don't right. care. So it's instinctual. It's such an instinct, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think about our sexual relationships like the weather, mm-hmm. so air and water and sun to survive. And we have to have sex for our species to thrive. So I don't understand why one is shameful and one isn't. Mm-hmm. And so interesting. Yeah. And so what, what evolved for me was in that moment of recognizing that I hated my life. Um, I'm built like a porn star. Okay. Mm. J-Lo and Pamela Anderson had a baby. 
<laughs> It'd be you. <laughs> okay. So, so when you're built like this, everybody just assumes that you're really, really sexy. Everybody mm. assumes that that's, and I never felt that way. Like everyone said it and I never felt it. Mm. And so, um, but I really knew that something deep inside of me said that this is something that if, if I feel shame about it and I'm built like Pamela Anderson and JLo had a baby, what is it for other people who don't even want to talk about it? Mm. And what's mm. evolved from our show? So in, interestingly enough, our, our show exploded. It, it was fascinating. We put the podcast out, and within, uh, they say if you get you know a thousand downloads in four months, you're doing great. We had more than a thousand downloads in our first two weeks. Oh my gosh, that's but, awesome! Thank you. But the irony is, nobody shares it. Like nobody's on Facebook sharing my show. Mm. <laughs> okay. Closet it's, listeners. It's, yeah, that's exactly right. Nobody wants mm. to anyone know that they're listening. Mm. And, but yet I get emails from people, ironically, like I got an email recently from a kindergarten teacher in Oklahoma, <laughs> most religious woman I've ever known. I would have bet money. She would have never said, listen to my show, let alone emailed me and told me that I helped her, um, be less insecure about her, wow. relationship with her husband. Wow. And so since you made this, this huge life change, I mean, do you find, um, you know, you said that basically you woke up one day and you hated your life. So now do you feel like this change has brought you inner joy and more self-confidence? Oh my God. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. Oh, yeah. and it, it, because, um, I don't, I have one rule in my life and I have one relationship that I take care of. Um, the rule in my life is I do nothing that does not make me feel good. Mm. If I, it doesn't make me feel it, like, it's not worth it to me. Mm. And, um, so I always hold that up, you know, my highest value is freedom of choice. And I think everyone should hold that as their value. You know, that's my personal opinion, because if you can hold up, does this make me feel good? Does this bring me joy before I do it? And if the answer to that is no, and it's not going to change anytime soon, why would I do it? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm a girly girl. Why did I own a construction company? I'm mean, serious. Right. So, right. You know, but, um, but in terms of confidence and I have, so I moved here to Florida in 2014, walked away from the company in 2014. I haven't worked a day since and I work every day. Mm. but it, it right when you love what you do it doesn't feel like work 100 percent, 100 percent. had if I could go back and redo my life I would have started with that question what do I love and how can I make money doing what I love mm. yeah yeah which really will bring your purpose I mean that is your purpose you know I'm so envious of Tony Robbins honestly he knew at 26 years old what he was going to do with the rest of his life and I don't mm. think you know when we're in our 20s when we're in our 30s we don't stop and go hey you know, I realize I'm climbing this corporate America ladder. Am I happy climbing this ladder? Mm, mm. And it's so true. It does take that presence to stop and, you know, really look um, and evaluate. And I think in life is one of those things, like what's that old saying that life is what happens when... When you're making plans. When, yes. Yeah, exactly. And that is so true. I mean, it's like people, um, I mean, I know I have friends and people in my personal circle and in my family who, you know, I think that they have woken up and, you know, they're waking up at 3 a.m. wondering like, what got me here? <laughs> you know, yeah, and- How did I get here? All of a sudden, I'm 40. What happened? Exactly. Exactly. So what, um, you know, what are one, two, or even three tools that, um, knowing that you've made this transition and you've done it and you've found this inner joy and the self-confidence, what would, um, you know, some tools that you could recommend to listeners, like how could they find that same inner joy and self-confidence? So I think that that's a really remarkable question, but, um, 
what I love about that question is it's it's about it finding inner joy, but you can apply it to anything, right? You can apply mm. it to your work, you can apply it to your personal life, your relationships. But I think the the number one thing I I would do is what I said before is ask, you know, what do I like? You know, mm. I um as you know, I have that TED talk coming up, and one of the mm. biggest elements of that is if you don't know what you if if you take your cues from somebody else, like we're just talking about, you know, sexual pleasure, for example if you're taking all of your cues from somebody else's derivative of what that means, mm. how do you ever know what you like? Mm. How do you ever know what matters to you? Mm. And, and so that, that's the, to me, that's, that's the fundamental question. Does this make me feel good? Yeah. You know, and um, the other thing is, so the other thing I would do is I, as I mentioned earlier, I have one relationship I focus on. It's the mm. one between me and me. Mm. If mm. I do that well, everything in my life works. If I mm. don't do that well, nothing in my life works. Mm. So the only relationship, and my family will tell you, you know, my son will tell you, mom has one job. She has to feel good. She only has one relationship she cares about. <laughs> all know they're loved. Yeah. But if I don't take care of that, nothing works. So I would say, you know, what do I like? Am I taking care of the most important relationship? Because at the end of the day, the only person I have to wake up with is me. Mm. Yeah. And let me think. Um, I would tell people to own your space. Mm. And and what I mean by that is whether you are sexually active or not, whether you are in corporate America or not, whether you are whatever or not, everybody's weird. Mm. Everybody's weird. Everybody's got their quirks. Everybody's got a freak flag flying. Mm. Just, just the, when I made the decision to come out and speak about sex before that, I had done a lot of relationship work. Mm -hmm. And I said to my tribe when I came out, I said, I feel like I've shown up for you, but I don't know that I've let myself be seen. Mm. And I, I wanted to give myself the opportunity to look, this sex thing kept popping up and popping up, and popping up. I was like, okay, fine. And then yeah. that's where I guess you're supposed to go in life, right? The thing that scares the hell out of you, hmm. but also inspires you in a way and pulls you in a way that you didn't really want to be pulled. Mm. That's where you're supposed to go. Right, right. Yeah, you can't ignore it. No, no mm. eventually, eventually the noise gets loud enough. You got no choice. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think you know when you say about feeling good, um, knowing what makes you feel good. Like I know, um, and I think a lot of people really struggle with this. I know I have in my past, but it's almost like the meta feelings about that, like feeling guilty for feeling good by doing something. Do you know? You know? I yes. mean, it's it's like we get in our heads about that. Well, you know, I, I really believe that so much of your childhood, right? Because mm. if you're a little kid and you're outside playing and you're having a great time and your mom says be home at four and you look at the clock and it's 4.15, you're like, holy crap, I'm late. And now you're in trouble for having fun. Mm. So mm. it's like, so, so you start to associate fun with guilt. Mm. So and interesting. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that we somehow have lost, it's interesting. People want to suffer their way to success. You can't get there <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? So it, it's like if you can if you can accept that it is good to feel good, boy, life gets real simple after that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really yes or no question. Does this make me feel good? Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. When you when you asked me for this interview, would it make mm -hmm. me happy to do it? You bet. I love talking to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's great. Oh, and I'm so glad you're here. This is this is really really good. Um, so, what would you say? You know, are some pitfalls to uh, unshaming sex or having a shameless, um, you know, outlook on, on sex, like maybe perhaps judgment or something that our listeners should be on the lookout for and, and how can they be avoided in their personal lives? 
so everyone is going to judge. Mm. Like, let's just establish that from a, from a foundational standpoint, mm. right? No, and it's and here's the thing: what other people think about you is none of your business. Amen. <laughs> right, you're powerless. <laughs> they can't, you know that that that's what you you know you're powerless over anybody else's thoughts or feelings about you. Mm. So you know, it's like I said a minute ago that my most important relationships between me and me. Mm. What my husband thinks about me is none of my business. Mm. What I think about him is a hundred percent my business. Mm. And the same thing is true of people who are nervous about allowing themselves to be seen. Mm. When anybody else thinks about you, they're going to think, and you've got, you have, you, it's like a reputation. You have no control over it. Mm. The only thing you can control are your own feelings of worthiness in that space. Mm. You know, and if you can come, lots of times I know that I would beat myself up. You know, why do I like this? Why do I want this? Why do I want to talk about sex? What are people going to say? You know, what are they going to think of me? What is this whole family I have in Oklahoma going to say about the fact that I'm going to do a sex show? Mm. And so I finally thought, you know what? I can't control it. They're, they're going to say what they're going to say. And mm-hmm. all I can do is love me through the process. And so sometimes why is a really hard question for ourselves. Mm. But if you can ask, I wonder, I wonder why I want to do this. I wonder mm. what's satisfying about this for me. Wonder is mm. such a softer space than why. Why can you really hard space inside? Mm. But who cares why? Just do it because it, it, you know, one of the biggest lessons of my life is I never, I used to think I had to know why all the time. Mm. And then I just kind of accepted it just was what it was. And that was okay too. Mm. That is, that's really good. Cause I think we can, why can really make us get into our heads. Yeah. 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 yeah, Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's really good. So I have to, and I'm sure um, listeners are probably interested too, and you don't have to get into much of it, but did, um, once you started living this authentic life and you really started going for what made you feel good, did your family accept that? Oh, 100. Yes. Actually, my family did accept it. My Mm -hmm. sister-in-law calls it my porn show. (laughs) Do porn? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I do not have a porn star on here, guys. No, I, do not. I do not do porn. But it's funny because she's very, she's very Southern Baptist. She's very conservative. She mm. doesn't do my show, but she calls it my porn show. Like the, what we talk about are the questions that people want to know answers to, mm. and what mm. we find is the bulk of our audience are people who are in long-term relationships mm. who just want to know how to be a better partner. Mm. Want to know how to be how, how to how to be more authentic in their lives, and mm. so. What has been surprising more than anything else for me are the emails that I get from friends and family mm. with questions. They don't want to put it on Facebook. Nobody wants to post it out loud. Sure, sure. <laughs> and everybody wants to send me a message behind the scenes and say, hey, can you ask about this? Can you talk about that? And mm. I'm like, you little closet listeners, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> How many shares has your show gotten? So um, one, by the way, one social Oh my gosh. Share. We wow. have, have 25,000 downloads now. We've only been wow. a year old yet. We have 25,000 downloads and one social share. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I mean, look, that's just so telling how, yeah. It is. It's like, and um, you know, my hairstylist told me that one of her clients listens and she says she, I'm her guilty pleasure. She, her husband goes to work. She puts the kids to bed. She gets some wine and she listens to me in her closet. <laughs> like, really? Okay, that's oh my gosh. came from. I thought it was funny you said that because that's what I think of them as. Oh but my gosh, that is funny. People who want to know how to how to have a better because here's the thing, you have to have sex for the species to survive. Mm-hmm. Going back to what I said, sex feels good. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. When you, so when you hold those two things up, 
it's it's a problem in relationships only when you're not having it. Right. Right. And right. It's the biggest problem in the relationship. Mm. So if if you can if you can have that awareness that it's a good thing, it's a safe thing, it's a thing that you should enjoy, mm. then it gives you freedom to be you. Mm. Little babies, little babies are such sexual little creatures. They touch themselves. They look at each other because they're so exploratory. And until yeah, get, actually in the womb. Yeah, yeah. Until we get our hands on them and tell them that it's wrong to do that, mm. they're just curious, just mm. like the dogs in the street. They don't mm. care that you're there. Mm. <laughs> they're having a yeah. great time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, to me, it, it's just such a natural place to be. I find it fascinating that it is so shameful. Who mm. wants to talk about it? Mm. Yeah. And I think this mission of yours is just, I mean, you are tremendously, even though these people are closet listeners, obviously they, you're, you're impacting lives left and right. And I think it's a message that so many people you know, need to hear and, and want to hear, but more than want, I mean, they need to hear this people. Yes, no, absolutely. I think what you're doing is, is amazing. Um, so, you know, I, I, obviously you are living your life very on point with this mission and you're doing a lot of things. Um, you've got this wildly successful podcast and um, obviously you're going to be speaking on the TEDx stage, which I can't wait for. And, me neither, me neither. Uh, <laughs> and you're a speaker on other stages and, you know, you're a coach and a behaviorist. So you're living just this um, really authentic, uh, successful life. So I want to ask you... Um, you know, what, what do you find is most important in leading yourself every day? And is there something specifically that you would uh, recommend to listeners in, in, you know, leading themselves on a daily basis? So uh, this is probably gonna be a really surprising answer. Um, meditate, mm-hmm. you know, meditate every day. Yeah. In five minutes of your, it's astonishing how that, that changes everything for you. Mm-hmm. People, yeah. I, if I had meditated in my twenties, I would be the president. Mm. Well, maybe not, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, take that time to get to know you inside and out. Mm. Because when you do that, you're going to do what scares you. Mm. You're going to, you know, Cheryl Sanborn wrote the book, uh, Lean In mm-hmm. Women, where she talked about leaning in at the boardroom. Mm. Well, if you can't lean into yourself, you're never going to lean in in the boardroom. Mm. So good. Yeah, that is great advice. Um. Yeah. And I think meditating, it's, it's interesting. You say like, this might surprise you and it might surprise some of our listeners. It's amazing though. Um, how many people have, you know, that they, you know, they do recommend that. And I think that that is a key to success is finding the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just I, kind I of do nothing without meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, before, before you and I met today, I took a few minutes and I just kind of sat with me and, and, and centered so that I would be fully present for us. Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. Um, well, are, um, are there any final words of wisdom that you'd like to pass on? You've shared so many amazing things. Oh, well, thank you. Um, nothing other than, than do what scares you. Mm-hmm. And pro- you know, we're all, here's the thing. We're only here for a little bit of time, a parentheses yeah. of time. It's a snapshot. Mm. You know, nobody's getting out alive. Mm. So you may, you may as what, what's the worst that happens if you go for it? Yeah. I love that. I, and what I found is when I started the show, um, I had tried a lot of other things. I had put a lot of content out there. And when I finally leaned in to allow the sex part of me to show up and, and mm. be present, mm. it was like the universe just aligned. It was like, 
Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. I applied for a TED Talk a gajillion times. I apply one time for sex and I get the TED Talk. <laughs> it's a But I think, yeah. And I think though that that is such an important lesson because it's also that you are living in your authentic self. Mm-hmm. You know, I and, didn't want to talk about sex. Believe it. Right. Okay. Right. This was right. not something as a little girl. I grew, I'm going to grow up and talk about. So that was not part of the equation. Sure. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Sure. But oh it gosh. is. It is. It is what I'm meant to do. It's what I'm called to do. And yeah. people resonate in that space with it. So I would do if it's last piece of wisdom. Do what scares you. I promise mm. you, you're going to find your footing there. I love that. That's great. So, how can people find you and benefit from what you're doing and join this mission of unshaming sex? All right. Well, I have a podcast called Two Wild Orchids. Mm-hmm. Our website is twowildorchids.com. You can spell two any way you want to. You'll still get to me. I own all the iterations. Um, and I have a new show actually coming out to be a skill on Alexa and mm-hmm. Google Home called Learning to Love. So that sh- I don't know when the show will air, but that show should be out within the next, let's see, we're in June as we record this. The show will be out before the end of July. Fantastic. Called Learning to Love and Two Wild Orchids. And they can always find me just by Googling my name. I'm very active on social media. So you can always find me. Mm. And also um, to her listener, Sean Lee has this amazing quiz um, on mm-hmm. her website. Is it seanlee.net? It's seanlee.net. Yeah. Yes. seanlee.net. And it's a lot of fun. You'll learn a lot about yourself. Um, and it really has nothing to do with sex. <laughs> um, no, it's about you and you. <laughs> yeah. You and you. Um, and that relationship with yourself is the most important one, like you said. Um, so I encourage you guys to check her out. You are Yes, absolutely. You are changing life, Sean Lee, and I so appreciate you coming on. Well, I appreciate you having me. You are amazing. And I'm so glad you launched this podcast because it sounds like already it's fabulous. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Parables, Life Lessons from a Horse with me, Kat Chrysostom, as your host. If you enjoyed our show and want to learn more, check out BenefabProducts.com or subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to join us next week when we'll discuss another important life lesson. And until then, be well and take care.